0: i was i was asked this morning what's the main emphasis of of my sermon um i've got a main emphasis but i don't know if i'm going to actually get to the main emphasis because sometimes when you preach you're not quite sure where you're going it's it's not always good but sometimes the lord helps we're going to look at isaiah chapter 35 and the main emphasis is really about the signs that we find here in verses five and six uh, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing for the water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty and springs of water is in the habitation of jackals where each lay there shall be grass with reeds and rushes so this chapter is a wonderful chapter because there's a, a change chapter 34 talks about how unfair the world is and yet god is not going to allow sin and despair to continue he will deal with it and he will deal with it thoroughly there will be a day of judgment a day of reckoning when the lord will bring righteousness in like a flood and all the books shall be open, and the places which were once inhabited by the rich and the powerful and the godless and the evil shall be removed, and there shall be jackals there, and there shall be wild beasts. And then at the end, there, there's a change. There's a change saying that God has promised that this will take place, and it will take place. And the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them and then there's a change because there's a new group we have the jackals and we have the wild beasts in the wilderness but we also have a new group the people that God is going to work in the people that God is going to save it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing the glory of Lebanon Lebanon shall be given to it the excellence of Carmel and Sharon they shall see the glory of the Lord the excellency of our God God will bring in a judgment but with the day of judgment will be a day of salvation there will be a day of salvation and all eyes shall see the excellency the glory of God judgment and salvation hand in hand going together and then this chapter goes and explains how this salvation should be wonderful and perfect that God himself will come to save and then the people will be changed that there will be no more sickness no more disease or illness the deaf shall hear the blind shall see the lame shall leap as a deer this shall happen there will be water in the wilderness there will be joy and singing and sorrow and singing shall be forever no sorrow and sighing shall flee away for God will do it this is a a picture that there will be a day a day when God will bring in all righteousness and there will be perfection and people will live in harmony because God has done it a day of judgment vengeance of the Lord and also salvation of our God now there are three things that we need to be aware of when we look at this chapter the first is that we must focus we can so often lose our focus and when we lose our focus we can fail you know when when you get older i am told that eyesight fails and so when you read things you may read things incorrectly and so if if you read say a a medical bottle you've been given medicine by the doctor and you read it and you read it incorrectly that can be quite dangerous for you because your eyesight has failed and you really need to put on spectacles glasses so that you can focus so that you're doing the right thing now here we need first of all to focus secondly we need to be able to focus on the signs because god has given signs and they're there for us to focus on so first of all we're going to focus what is it that we should focus on soaring inflation rates though they're not as high as they were 20 odd years ago Uh, costs of living crisis suffering illness old age frailty various things what are we to fake focus on opposition suffering what are we to focus on well we're we're told here that we're not to focus necessarily on on the justice and the judgment of god condemning and punishing sinners we're to focus on that yes because there will be a day of judgment but we're to realize that we're to focus on the excellence the glory of the lord (coughs) the excellence of our god we're to focus on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ he is the one we are to focus on <coughs> excuse me the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ is where our eyes should be fixed here in verse 2 we are told that the excellence the glory the weightiness The fullness of God will appear. The glory of the Holy One, the Lord, shall appear. And that is where we're to fix our eyes. The excellence of our God. Christians are called Christians because we are Christ's. We are his and he is ours. And we are to fix our eyes upon jesus the author and finisher of our hope and when there are a difficult time and there are problems we're to look to him who is able to save us and keep us from falling and who will present us before his own glorious presence with exceeding joy we're to look to the person of the lord jesus christ that is our focus And not only that focus, but in verse four. We are to be strengthened. We're to be encouraged. Those who are fearful and downtrodden and scared. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. We're we're those who have been saved. Christians are people whom God has translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We once didn't know God. And then God changed our hearts and we came to know him and love him. But we are still going through difficulties in this world. We still sin ourselves. We still face trials and problems and suffering. We still know that we are weak. And we don't do the things we ought to do. We still suffer in our body. With sin. And the remnants of sin. And we wait. And we long to be saved fully. And we as Christians. Are to be looking. To our saviour. Day by day. Hour by hour. Who will deliver us from this body of this death? Christ Jesus. Who died yea rather rose again we are to look to the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ so often our focus can be on things that are not helpful and we can stop looking imagine you're you're in a house and the house is on fire and the beams are starting to fall around you and the smoke is going up and you're on the floor you don't know what you can do but you phoned for the fire brigade. And you know they're on the way. You know that these strong, big, burly people are going to come in and smash the door, get in there, lift you up and take you out. You trust that they will come and save you in time. You trust that they know what they're doing and that they will fulfill their, their role. You trust and you focus on this. You're coughing, you're sputtering, it's getting worse. But you're hoping that these people will come here to save you. Now, we who are Christians are hoping and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ to save us. But unlike firemen who may not get there in time, who may make a mistake, who aren't close to you, this person who comes to save us is our God. He is our saviour. He was made flesh of our flesh. He was a, a real human being. He was born. In Bethlehem, according to the scriptures, he was born and he was raised and he lived a perfect life and he suffered under Pontius Pilate and he died on the cross and he rose again, according to the scriptures. There was a plan. God had a plan and we're to focus on this Lord, on our saviour, because the Lord Jesus Christ will save. Whoever comes to him will be saved whoever calls on his name will be saved we can call 999 they might come they might not come in the nick of time but whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved whoever that's our focus and that's the focus that we are to have point point one our focus is to be on the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ he alone can save us. And we're to take everything else away. We're, we're not to look this way or that way. We're not to look at our savings. We're not to look to the health service. We're not to look to this person or that person. We're to look to him who is able to keep us, the Saviour. For it is one mediator between us and God, the man Christ Jesus, God, manifest in the flesh. That's the first thing that we get but then we have to know who the savior is we we have to know who the savior is and and it, here in in Isaiah 35 it it describes what this salvation is you see in in verse 5 6 7 8 9 10 it describes what the salvation is in in pictural language the people who who couldn't see they have been made able to see the eyes of the blind have been open spiritually those people who couldn't see now can see the Lord Jesus Christ those people who who didn't hear his words who had no communication with the Savior now their ears were unstopped those who who didn't walk who couldn't walk who wouldn't follow the Savior now the lame leap like deer they follow him spiritually there is a change there is a change there is an encouragement for us that that people are being changed people are being saved people who are blind and deaf and lame are being made new new creatures in Christ that they can see hear, and follow him That's a blessing and, and not only that, but it goes through and it describes that this, this following is forever because he keeps them. There is a highway of holiness. At these times, there used to be certain roads into big cities and only the greatest dignitaries could go on them. The princes and the priests were only allowed on these roads. Everyone else had to go on dirt tracks, but the greats went on this. They went on the highway. Here, we're told that the Lord has created a highway for us, for all types of people. The highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. The Lord will save his people and will bring them to himself. Friend, if if you're a Christian, the Lord has got you. He's put you on his highway. And jackals or lions or any creature. Nothing can take you off that highway. He will take you. For you are on the way. And that way is Christ. There is certain salvation. There is security. There is safety. And there is everlasting joy. Everlasting joy on their heads. They shall come to Zion the the picture the picture of salvation Now that is a, a picture for us to hold on to and to rejoice in but you see it's more than a picture because when the Lord Jesus Christ appeared when God Was manifest in the flesh and the everlasting glory the excellency of our God the the glory of God came into the world these things were a reality they took place now there's a a a great footballer who who died very recently Pele some say he's the greatest footballer ever obviously they haven't seen me play that was a joke. <laughs> Sometimes he'd he'd go places and people would look at him and they'd recognise him immediately. They said, "This is Pelle. We know who you are." Other times they weren't sure. "Are you really Pelle?" And they said, "Are you Pelle?" So they'd question him, uh, and they'd ask him questions. And he'd say where he was born and where he grew up. And they said, "Yeah, but I don't know anything about where he was born and and where he was growing up. So how can I tell?" And she so said, "Well, give me a ball. No, give me a tennis ball." That's how he learned to play football and they gave him a tennis ball and he did the most amazing tricks with this tennis ball and people looked and thought well must be Pele look at what he can do now when God comes into the world you will expect amazing things to happen because God has come into the world when the Savior comes into the world these spiritual changes are shown in reality then when the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb shall sing There will be miracles. There will be signs. He will be doing the works of God. The spirit of the Lord will be upon him. And he will go out and he will be doing the works of God. And if you were Jewish and you lived in the New Testament times, you would know that the Messiah would do signs. Because there would be many people coming in saying, I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. And they'd say, okay, prove it. And there'd be no signs there'd be no miracles now when John the Baptist came it was amazing because people were changed massively he had a huge following yet John John did no sign but he pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ one who was mightier and greater than him would arrive and when the Lord Jesus Christ came then came the signs and Because our New Testament is written by Jewish writers, they see this and they point it out massively. Let's see, uh, go through this very quickly. John, first of all, John chapter 9. John chapter 9 is all about the man who was born blind that the Lord Jesus Christ cures. So this man who was born blind now can see because the Lord Jesus Christ has told him to wash his eyes one of the signs of the messiah was that the blind the blind should see and they go and he's kicked out he's kicked out of the synagogue and then the lord jesus christ goes to him and speaks to him and jesus tells him that he is the christ the messiah and then jesus said for judgment i have come into this world That those who do not see may see and that those who see may be made blind you see this is Isaiah 34 and 35 we have the judgment we have those who do not see can see and those who say they can see the Pharisees they are made blind then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him are we blind also jesus said to them if you were blind you would have no sin but now you say we see therefore your sin remains you see jesus knew he was the messiah and he knew that these signs were were pointing people you know you're you're traveling to a big city say london and and every road leads to london if you want to go to London you go this direction and there's a road how far am I going and you look for the motorway signs and it'll tell you 165 miles and then you drive on a bit further how far am I now from London 86 miles. the signs are telling you the direction they're telling you and here the signs the signs of the Messiah were pointing to him and every time he did a miracle it was pointing to who he was it was pointing back to Isaiah chapter 35 it was pointing back to the Savior and and we have it in all the Gospels all the Gospels have exactly this same emphasis now we have Mark Mark chapter 7 it's really quite amazing how they write these things we have Mark chapter 7 now Mark chapter 7 we've got here in let's see where we are here Uh, verse 23 Mark chapter 7 verse 23 we have a gentile showing her faith and there arose in the Tyre of Sidon he entered a home of a person because he could not be hidden and there was a woman with a young daughter who had an unclean spirit a Greek remember the beginning of Isaiah 35 where all sorts of people are saved we have that there and then immediately afterwards uh, Mark puts here then about a deaf mute being made to hear the deaf mute was made to hear and to speak and then the Lord feeds he feeds them because there would be no want and we have the feeding of the 5000 and then the Pharisees come and they seek a sign if, if you are the Messiah give us a sign And jesus has been doing these all the time and he turns to them and he says why does this generation seek a sign have you just seen what i've just done have you been following my ministry assuredly i say to you no sign shall be given to this generation you know full well and you're still asking and then he turns to his disciples and he warns them of the leaven of the Pharisees now what's he doing he's warning them that they are blind don't be blind like the Pharisees and the disciples have no idea what Jesus is saying and then at the end of that section we have the words how is it that you do not understand you see his disciples were blind as well but then Mark puts this the message. In the message, you have the blind man who is healed at Bethesda. He's healed of his blindness in two stages. First stage, he can see men as trees walking. And then the second stage he can see clearly. Why has Mark put that there? Because the eyes of the blind shall be opened. But they need to see two things. Isaiah 35, verse. One, the glory and the excellency of God. They need to know who he is. And that's what we get. Now, Jesus and his disciples went out to the towns. And he said, who do men say that I am? And then Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ. Got the first one. He's got the first part. He understands it. But they haven't got the second part. They like this man who can see men as trees they can nearly see but not perfectly and then immediately he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again and peter rebuked him why because he was still partially blind the gospels the Gospels say this is the Christ the eyes of the blind shall be opened and then in in Matthew we have a, a a similar emphasis Matthew is pointing he starts talking off first of all in in chapter 9 he forgives and heals the one who could not walk the lame shall leap like a heart and then Matthew the tax collector is called he was living his own life he was blind he wasn't listening to Christ he was deaf he wasn't following christ he was lame and yet jesus says to him come follow me and immediately he arose left his tax collecting place and followed him and then we have the girl restored to life another sign and then two blind men are healed another sign and then a mute man speaks And then we have the Lord Jesus Christ looking with compassion on the lost. All the signs pointing to who he is. And then we have John the Baptist, who is told by his disciples of all the works, all the signs that Jesus has done. John the Baptist sends his disciples to Jesus. Are you the one or should we wait for another? and then Luke Luke does does the same we have the same emphasis in Luke chapter 7 we have a Gentile whose servant is cured again Isaiah 35 all people all groups and then we have the son of the widow of Nain raised and then we have John the Baptist sending his messengers then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things You see, the signs are pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're pointing to him. They're to encourage us. They're to tell us this is the Christ. We don't go anywhere else. Because can anyone else, has anyone else in the history of the world opened the eyes of the blind? Has anyone raised people like he has? Has anyone raised himself on the third day a sign of the prophet Jonah if we're going through difficulties in this world it's because of sin and because we're in a world of difficulties it may not be your fault it may be your fault but the Lord Jesus Christ is the Savior who keeps and saves And he's the one who gives us comfort and encouragement because that's the end. That's the end of the road. The highway of holiness is taking us to him. He is the way and we're to walk in it. Now you, you may ask, well, why is it? Why is it that despite all these signs of Jesus, not everyone believes in him? Why don't everyone believe in him? Well, well, the first reason would probably be because people don't know about the signs. They haven't realised that these signs point to who Christ is. Uh, A lot of people in the scriptures understood these things and they went to Christ. You know, there's Nicodemus who went to Jesus by night. And he says to him, we know that you are with God because no one else can do these things unless God were with him the signs were pointing him and making him think but then we're told that there are there are two groups of people two groups of people who know about the signs but may not follow and go to Christ there with John the Baptist in the account with John the Baptist we have the two groups both groups are religious both groups have some kind of belief system now we're here on a Sunday morning so I'm assuming that we're all fitting into that camp we've all got some kind of belief system we're all religious to to an extent but we have to ask ourselves are we those who have gone to Christ or are we like one of these two groups of people now the first group of person is the one that John the Baptist sends to Jesus. John the Baptist had a message, and his message was, "I am not the Christ. I am pointing you to the Savior, whose sure shoe latch it I am not worthy to tie. He is greater than I. He is the bridegroom. He is the Savior. That's, He was pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. That was his message. Now imagine Jesus is out showing the signs of the Messiah, and John is in prison, and John still has two disciples doggedly stuck to him. What is John's mission? John's mission, John's joy, John's love would be to send people to Christ. And yet he's got these disciples who are still with him. And so what does he do? He does what he's always done. He sends them to Jesus. Go to Jesus and ask him, is he the one or should we wait another? And when Jesus sees them, he says, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see and the lame walk, Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear the dead, are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended by me. Yes, I am the Messiah. (coughs) There are people who attend a place of worship not because of the Lord Jesus Christ or because they know they need to remove or have their sins dealt with by God. They attend because they're linked to somebody. These people were linked to John. John was a good man, a a, a great man. But he was pointing, he was pointing to Christ. And the people that hung around John here were hanging around John. They wanted John. They wanted the cult of John, not the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, don't look to me. John said go to Jesus are, are you like that have, have you come to church because of your family because of your friends because of of great people in the past have you come and you you're sort of like a a, a member of, of of a cult of of some person that you you hold up really highly when it should be the Lord Jesus Christ John sent these to Jesus. He is the saviour. You you can't have your sins removed from anyone else. You you can't have anyone else dying in your place. You can't have a substitute. Every person has to deal with their own sins. The Lord Jesus Christ, God laid the sins of the world on him. He is my saviour, not me. So if you're like John's disciples, then you need to do what John the Baptist says go to Jesus and look at his work look at what he does and trust in him and then there's the second group of religious people and they were the Pharisees there and the Lawgivers. they rejected the counsel of God for themselves not having been baptized by John they weren't into John and when they came to Jesus they were still uncertain and then Jesus says well I shall tell you what you were like you're religious but you're a, a strange religious person. To what then shall I liken the men of this generation? And what are they like? They're like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, saying, "We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not weep." You see, what wh- what are you like? Well, you're like children who we're trying to entertain. We're trying to give you a game. You know, it's it's Christmas time. Schools ended early. It was, it was great this year school ended so late I remember when I was young in the 1820s that I was waiting for school to end and it ended on something like the 12th of December and I had ages before Christmas day and I knew I had all these presents to play with but I couldn't open them because it wasn't Christmas day I had such a long wait and my parents had to get stuff for me to do no internet no television no electricity in those days oh it was difficult playing with stones all the time my parents had to make up games for us to entertain us and and every game after two minutes I didn't want to play that game I was bored I wanted another game and this is what Jesus says you're like children sitting in a marketplace we're trying one game and you don't like it we're trying another game and you don't like it you're too fussy for John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine and you say he has a demon you don't like John's way of tre- preaching you don't like John's method you don't like what he's wearing you don't like where well he's clothes you, you don't like the way he speaks oh no no to John no don't like him and then I come the son of man has come completely different eating and drinking and you say look a glutton and a wine an alcoholic a, a friend of tax collectors and sinners so you don't like Jesus and you don't like John they have the same message but you're picking fault in them you're so difficult to please these are the religious These a religious group of people and they come in and they're known as sermon pleasers Or sermon tasters. They come in and they they listen to the sermon. They say, oh, I like that person. I like that illustration. Oh, I didn't like that illustration. And because of that, they check out the whole message. Jesus says, wisdom is justified by her children. The signs. The signs of the Messiah are pointing to salvation in Jesus Christ. Whether it's a person in rough garments telling you the message. Or a person who is amazing telling you the message. The message is still the same. Don't be a sermon taster. Don't be a religious person like the Pharisees. Who cannot be satisfied. Go to the Lord Jesus Christ. Go and trust in him. Because he is the saviour. And whoever comes to him shall not be turned away. He is the saviour of all those who believe. Trust in him.